Hello and welcome. You are listening to the IFSEC Global Security in Focus podcast, where we bring you exclusive interviews with leading figures in the physical security industry to get to the heart of the profession. I'm your host, James Moore, the editor of IFSEC Global, and I'm delighted to bring you episode five of the Security in Focus podcast. I can't quite believe we're already on our fifth episode. I really hope everyone is enjoying the series and don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you keep up with all the latest episodes. We've got some great chats planned in already, but we're always looking to hear from you as listeners on what topics you think we should be covering. This is a podcast for you after all. So do reach out to me on LinkedIn or via the IFSEC Global website if there are any particular areas of physical security that would be valuable to you for us to discuss with experts or just anything that you're really enjoying so far, I'm always happy to hear. We've covered lots already, from diversity in the security industry and convergence to the rising challenges of the insider threat and an initiative to develop the next generation of security professionals. And today, we've got another great episode for you with Leo Levitt from Onviv discussing standardized and open protocols. First though, I'll pass over to IFSEC Global's assistant editor, Rihanna Sexton, for the news. First up, a new study from the Manita Transportation Institute based in the US has highlighted a growing risk of attack to public surface transportation hubs and their staff. The report's authors, Ryan Michael Jenkins and Bruce Butterworth, are urging security teams to reconsider their security strategies as they observe a growing problem of loan attack violence against passengers and staff at train and bus stations. While large-scale attacks remain a possibility, security planners are now said to be facing more complicated threats by unknown individuals, which are more difficult to predict. Also in the news is the story that the BSIA's latest report into the video surveillance market has underlined the growing use of video surveillance for business operational purposes. Launched at IFSEC in May 2022, the British Security Industry Association's Bigger Picture report revealed several key takeaways. The number of cameras in the UK is predicted to be around 21 million, compared to 6 million in 2013. In addition, while 70% of cameras are being used for crime prevention purposes, the research found that 25% of deployments are being utilised for other business operational purposes, such as footfall analysis in retail environments or fall detection analysis for health and safety teams. The full report is available to BSIA members on its website. Thanks, Rihanna. And now on to the episode. As we've discussed in previous episodes and have written about regularly on IFSEC Global, there's a significant trend towards integrated solutions, not just between physical security devices, but I think also other building management systems as well. You hear that term smart buildings quite a lot these days and linking these disparate devices up, often from a variety of vendors so that they can effectively communicate between each other, can be a challenge, despite the push towards open protocols that many in the industry are driving already. So in this episode, we hear from Leo Levitt, Director of Systems Integrations at Exit Communications in the day, but he's also the chair of the Onviv Steering Committee. Onviv, founded in 2008, is on a mission to provide and promote standardized interfaces for effective interoperability of IP-based physical security products, which it does through several profiles. Or in other words, it is basically making it easier for separate products to communicate with each other by providing a standardized language to support manufacturers, system owners, and integrators. Leo chairs the steering committee, which oversees the strategy for Onviv, and he explains in this episode the growth of Onviv's profiles and conformant products since 2008, and why creating standardized profiles has really benefited the industry. 
Towards the end, we also pick Leo's brains on some of the major trends he sees ahead for the sector, which is always an interesting listen, I think. But let's get on to the discussion. We start by asking Leo to introduce himself and what his role at Onviv involves. My name is Leo Levit, and I'm chair of steering committee in Onviv. I'm also with Access Communications as a director of system integration. So starting this role, is, I was really asked to work on access offerings to the system integrators. And if you think about system integrators as way to market for access products or any other manufactured products, it's very important to serve the system integrators with offerings that are open to the markets. And when we started to think about what's important for that type of offering, we very quickly understood that standardization organizations are crucial to that work and they really bring value for the system integration to be able to offer open systems and future-proof systems and systems that not really locked into a specific vendor. So that's when and why I joined Onviv work. And that was soon two years ago. And uh, shortly after that, I've been elected as a chairman of steering committee. So that's that's my way into this role, James. And what does your current role involve as part of Onviv, as part of the chairman of the steering committee? So as you might know, Onviv structure is uh, represented by four different committees. It's a steering committee, technical services committee, technical committee, and communication committee. So you can say that steering committee is part of Onviv that overlooks the general performance of the organization, make sure that the work in committees and working groups is done according to the rules of membership and facilitating the actual work. So we also have a technical committee where we have hardcore engineers working with the specifications. So if you compare to the normal organization, normal manufacturer, that would be your R&D. This is where the core stuff created. Then we have technical services committee. And again, if we try to compare that to the normal manufacturer, that would be your product management. So this is where the great features, great functions your R&D have done, you package in a way that it's consumable by market. So this is where conformance processes maintained with an ONVIV, and this is where different profiles are created and specified. It's also the organization that maintains the database of all conformant products. And of course, we have communication committee, and this is our marketing function, if you will, that makes sure that we communicate ONVIV to its members and to the market in general. And can you explain, for those who might not be aware, I'm sure many many of our listeners will be aware, we've talked about it quite a few times and I've said global before, but what exactly is Onviv? You know, why was it created in the first place and what are the cornerstones of the mission? So Onviv is an organization, organization that work in the physical security industry and standardize the network protocol for physical security industry, so it's for the devices that uh, are used in this industry. So when it first was created in 2008, I mean, the biggest problem was very simple to explain, not simple to solve at that point of time. So the problem was that different camera manufacturers and different uh, video management system manufacturers used different protocols to connect the devices. So every time system integrator was needed to connect a new camera from a new vendor to existing video management system, it needs to be done, you know, on more or less device by device basis or vendor by vendor basis. So the aim of the organization when it was created was to minimize effort for integration work. So we all agree on the same 
base level protocols that are required in order to connect security camera to video management system. And after that, of course, the scope is expanded. We started to work more with access control. We work with analytics and that's represented by our profiles. But the whole idea of the organization and the whole aim of our strategy is to make integration of different devices and products within physical security domain as easy as possible. Absolutely. I think it's something we're seeing in all of the report that we write about. You're seeing not just integration between surveillance cameras and the management systems, but also surveillance cameras and access control and access control and intruder alarms and, and everything in between. And you're also seeing it now with you know different parts of the building as well, not just security, I guess. Is that something that OnViv is looking to develop as well? Absolutely. So different industries approaching integration in different ways. So one of the fastest growing parts of the integration industry, if we want to name it like that, is smart buildings. So the part of the industry where we see a connection of different systems into the same larger domain where you have probably surveillance cameras, you have the access control features, you have fire alarms and so on. And this is all operated under one larger system. So of course, it's very important for the system owner to, first of all, be able to integrate devices when the new technologies appear, maintain the devices, replace them in a a timely and cost-efficient manner, and also have flexibility to access to all the latest and greatest features that device manufacturers and system manufacturers can provide. So from that point of view, questions of integrations and connecting different devices and services within smart buildings, for instance, becomes extremely important. And of course, we're looking into that. One of the great examples is uh, probably how we can combine different features from different profiles in Onviv, for instance, profiles that specifies connection of access control devices and access control peripherals uh, and analytics uh, that are used in, in cameras. So, for example, a camera in intercom on the doorpost could read QR code on the badge of the visitors that are visiting and, and access control can uh, make a decision whether to open the door or not. So this is where different parts of the system start to communicate with each other utilizing open protocols. What's the take-up been like globally in terms of how well-known is, is OnViv, you know, uh, obviously in, in the US maybe compared to Europe and the UK? Is, has it got a global reach, the, the standardization protocols? And who are the people that you're really trying to reach and, uh, you know, explain what you're doing to? So OnViv is, is a truly global organization, so there is no doubt about that. We are currently more than 500 members from different continents, different countries and different industries. Every member have access to information about our work and what we do. There are different levels of membership and members eligible to submit conformant products will test their products by the test tools that we provide and and submit the information to the database. The database of the conformant products currently hosts over 20,000 conformant products, which is huge. So it's a massive achievement and we are super proud of that. And also, I would like to stress the fact that this database is publicly open and accessible on the web page. And this is probably the only true source of information about conformance. So if you have a question about whether product A is conformant with the profile from OnViv, go and check in this database. It's publicly available. 
You mentioned, obviously, the pushing towards open protocols. That's always been part of Onviv's strategy, as it would be being a standardization organization. How have you seen that debate, that open versus closed protocol sort of debate develop over the years? You know, you've been in the industry for longer than I have. How have you seen that evolve and what kind of arguments have you seen? I think if we try to step back a little bit from security industry and see the technology as a larger animal, closed protocols and proprietary systems are always been more or less starting point for any innovation drive, right? Because when a company starts to innovate within certain demand, then almost in most of the cases, innovate with the closed and proprietary solutions where they have more control over incoming components and they're more quicker to, to the market. Now, when the industry reaches a certain critical mass, it becomes very important to have the flexibility of combining different components from different vendors. And this is where uh, it becomes important for integrators and system owners to have openness in the system they build. So I wouldn't say it's a competition open versus closed. It's rather different times in the development scale. I think now when the security industry is pretty mature, it's really time to go open and, and enable flexibility for the ones who are trying to build the systems and maintain them. Yeah. And is it that flexibility, that sort of opportunity available to end users, to installers, to integrators, that is really the day-to-day benefits of standardized products? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly the point. If the product tested for conformance with only profiles, you know exactly what set of features is supported in communication protocols for the network protocol. And if, for instance, your video management system is conformant with the same profile, you know exactly what functionality will work. So this is the whole idea of making sure that you could replace one product with another and maintain that the level of functionality specified by the profile. IFSEC International returned to London's Excel in May 2022 for the first time in three years. And it returned in some style. As security, facilities, fire safety, health and safety, and intelligent building integration professionals all came together across IFSEC and its co-located shows to reconnect, learn, and grow their networks. But don't take our word for it. Have a listen to what some of the exhibitors have to say themselves. It's great to be back at IFSEC, that intimate one-on-one conversations face to face you just can't replicate that over teams or virtually. What we like most about IFSEC is, is an opportunity to meet with new customers that we've not met before, chance to network with, with new businesses and new people and it, yeah it's an opportunity to get out into the market. It's in London which gives us a, a fantastic opportunity to mix with clients from around the world. So for us IFSEC is very important because it does have that international reach. So at the show we've been meeting quite a breadth of people that have actually come to see us at the show this week. The opportunity to meet many people over such a short period of time is is an opportunity you just don't get in an average working week. We've been exhibiting in IFSEC since 2009, so quite a long time, and we are always very excited to come here. It's an opportunity for us to see what else is going on in the industry. It's a fabulous opportunity to get uh, input and feedback from across the market. IFSEC is one of the most important shows in the world. And giving us an opportunity to keep developing our product range for what our installers need is invaluable to our growth as an organisation and IFSEC is a great place to do that. If I was to describe IFSEC in a word, it would be... Brilliant. Innovation. Large. Fantastic. Opportunity. Collaboration. So, IFSEC International is back in 2023 between the 16th and 18th of May at London's Excel. 
If you want to be notified as soon as registration opens, then you can pre-register your interest today by following the link in the show notes. And if you'd like to exhibit and speak to thousands of security, facilities, fire and health and safety professionals, then just head to the website and download the sales brochure to find out more and speak to a member of the team. So let's get back to the discussion, shall we? For the second half, we begin by asking Leo whether there are also some risks to open protocols. How does it affect maybe cybersecurity, for instance? Oh, well, as the name suggests, open means it's, it's visible what you really do. So all the measures you take when it comes to cybersecurity are really open to talk about and inform how you do it versus completely closed system where you have no idea how that's implemented. And uh, it's very difficult to understand the level of cybersecurity implementation in that system. Having said that, it's responsibility of of a vendor, integrator, and then user to make sure that recommendation that, for instance, Onwith provide are implemented in the proper way to maintain highest level of security. So we do recommend certain best practices when it comes to some cybersecurity. And we take this, that matter with a big portion of responsibility. So, for instance, one of our profiles been deprecated last year, or this year, actually. And the reason for that is that cybersecurity concerns and uh, best practices that are now um, actively promoted in the market are developing uh, in the pace that that specific profile couldn't support. So uh, it's been deprecated. From a profile perspective, we're talking about the profiles is how you set apart the different standardized sort of protocols. Is that right? Yeah. So, so the profiles specify a set of features and communication protocol between different physical devices. So we specify the actual interface, but how the products are implemented and what features are included in each product, it's up to product developer, product manufacturer. But of course, we do have a certain set of communication security features like authentications and, and, and so on that's following the, the, the best practices. And this is the guidance that we provide uh, openly to our members. You mentioned some profiles begin to get a bit outdated because of the way technology evolves and, and you know, cybersecurity is, is one area. How has the impact of technology such as uh, you know, the cloud and IoT, has that impacted on changes to profiles and, and you know, having to develop new profiles? So it's a very good question, uh, James. The fundamental thinking with the profile is one it's created is there to stay. This is how we guarantee that it's stable. Once it's there, it's there. It's not changed. So you don't really worry about different versions uh, and so on. So profile S is a profile S until it's replaced with something else. And when we're getting growth or kind of maturity of the new technologies uh, and technology enablers like uh, analytics or, or, or cloud communication or cloud storage, that puts high pressure on our members uh, that are eager to utilize those technologies and provide products and solutions uh, that's utilizing the power of the new, new technologies. And of course, we're now at the point where we need to start working on the standardization, allowing usage of those technologies. So if we talk about AI in our industry, well, one of the best examples of utilization of that is uh, analytics. And Profile M, that been one of the latest profiles that Tom released, is exactly pointing to that specific challenge and how to standardize the communication of metadata and events between different nodes surveillance system. And of course, there are a lot of work going on now with the specifications, and we're looking into how the 
the cloud impacts our industry and what we need to do in order to facilitate effective and efficient cloud communication within safety and security installations. Yeah, so it's almost like, you know, as the security industry is constantly evolving, constantly Absolutely. trying to keep up with those new technologies. Finishing on, on that sort of note about, you know, new technologies, new strains, what are the major trends ahead that you see developing for the sector? If you could name three, just provide a brief explanation to each one, just so we've got an idea and we can start to build up some real trends that we're seeing from thought leaders. So AI is one of the biggest trends. One of the implementation of that technology in our industry is video analytics, but it doesn't really only limited to that. So the technology is really powerful and it's not only used to analyze how many people you have in this field of view, what is the, the license plate of a vehicle or who is the intruder, but also to make sure that your picture, the video stream that you receive is absolutely at the best quality given the conditions you have outside. So that's a technology that really makes the video stream very valuable and the information very useful. But it's also a technology that optimizes the use of material that we all get in the system. So for forensic use, for instance, it's really important to be able to very quickly find in the recorded material those five seconds that are absolutely important for certain investigations, for instance. So artificial intelligence becomes extremely important for our industry. Connected to that, I would say that one of the biggest trends we see now is increase of edge computing. So the devices we have in our surveillance networks becomes more and more powerful. So a lot of those devices have AI capabilities on board already. And the best way, as we see today, the most cost-efficient way, kind of network-efficient way to do difficult compute actions is when you put very heavy lifting on the edge, when you process the video information to, to the certain degree on the edge, you generate the valuable metadata and transfer that metadata to different locations, whether it's server or cloud, analyze it further. So with the development of chipsets that are used in, in, in uh, security devices today, you're getting more and more powerful compute on the edge, and that allows system developers to build systems that are more flexible and more powerful when it comes to the solution of different tasks. And of course, if it's only three trends we're talking about, we, we cannot miss cloud. So this is something that's probably everybody will mention, and it's not no secret that it's entering our uh, space uh, with a huge speed and a lot of developers working on that. And it's an environment that is relatively friendly to developers and that encouraged to, to innovation. So obviously we have many companies already today with the commercial products utilizing that technology when it comes to cloud storage or cloud management or cloud analytics or in different parts of the surveillance systems are moved to cloud. So I think we'll always have some kind of hybrid solutions in the market because there always be some kind of physical device that need to generate the starting point of the data that and then this data can be transferred to cloud for further refinement and management and monitoring. But I think it's very important that we understand that this particular interface between physical devices and cloud, sooner or later we need to develop in a very open and standardized way to make sure that system integrators, uh, installers, uh, and system owners and users comfortable to build the system utilizing cloud solutions. 
I'm guessing that's where Onviv can come in and support and, and what you're working on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super interesting. I think it's interesting how all three of those actually sort of relate to each other because you've got the, the AI offering all this different capability now and it being able to be used on the edge of the camera, meaning a lot less processing is required from an MVR or DVR or something like that. But then you've also got it feeding into the cloud, which enables you to grow and expand quite quickly and, and provides a lot more storage capability, I guess, with using these sort of high bandwidth applications. So I think that's what I've seen anyway from the last few years of being in the industry, that how much of the new technology is interrelated to each other. And it's almost like Lego blocks sort of building up and up and up and, and getting into new new realms for the security industry. But yeah, that's really interesting, Leo. Thank you very much for your time. For anyone looking to find out a bit more about Onviv and standardization and you know the benefits of integration and open protocols, where can they go? Onviv.org. On our website, you will see all the information about the organization, our mission, how we work, the, all the specification, all the profiles and information about those. You will also see... Uh, the product database that uh, I mentioned before, and that's the true place where to find all the, the information about products that reported conformant to specific profiles and all other useful information that's good to know if you work within this industry. Welcome back, and our thanks to Leo Levitt for joining us. It was interesting to hear how Onviv has grown since it was first formed in 2008. And Leo's views on why being able to connect different systems and devices is crucial to ensuring end users and system owners can really get the most out of all the new technology and features being released by vendors. I also enjoyed Leo's insight into how the security market has developed into a primarily open protocol space as well now as it's matured and as the flexibility benefits have really been embraced by the sector. It may be that many systems installers and engineers are using OnViv protocols without actually realizing with so many Onviv conformant products now on the market. But as Leo mentioned, it's worth checking out Onviv's database to cast your eyes over the conformant products list. And we've popped a link in the episode description to make it nice and easy for you. As always, hearing leading security professionals' thoughts on the trends ahead set to impact the industry was fascinating. AI, the edge, the clouds, they're terms that are regularly mentioned in the sector and no doubt everybody reads about them almost on a daily basis. But it's always interesting to hear why, from different individual viewpoints, how it's going to affect the sector and what it's going to do for security professionals moving forward. If you'd like to find out more about Onviv, check out the link in the description to this podcast. And there's also a link to all the latest news that IFSEC Global has published relating to Onviv and the launch of new profiles over the last few years. And don't forget to sign up to our weekly IFSEC Global Security Briefing newsletter to keep yourself updated on all the goings on in the industry. But that's all from this episode of the Security in Focus podcast. This has been a podcast from Istec Global. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to keep up with all the latest in the industry. Thanks for listening and see you next time.